0: Lord, may your grace and your mercy rest with us as you have already been present with us today. But for those who may be viewing, I pray by the power of your presence, which if you are present anywhere, you are present everywhere. And we ask right now, God, that you in that living room, in that bedroom, in that kitchen, in that car, and even amongst us right here, that your presence be magnified, and that your name be glorified, as our confidence and trust is elevated because of what we believe, and our trust and our belief is in you. Speak to us now, O God, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 4:33 records these words with many such parables. Jesus spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear and understand it. And he did not say anything to them without using a parable. He did, however, explain everything privately to his own disciples. On that same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So leaving the crowd, they took him with them just as he was on the boat. And other boats were with him. And a fierce windstorm began to blow and waves were breaking over the boat so that it was already being swamped. Jesus was in the stern, asleep with his head on the the sailor's leather cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, Do you not care that we are about to die? And he got up and sternly rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still, muzzled. And the wind died. And as if it had grown weary, And there was just what there was at once, a great calm, perfect peacefulness. And Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith and confidence in me? They were filled with great fear and said to each other, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him that reading from the amplified version mark 4:33 through 41 i wish topically to address this when reality of our experience becomes overwhelming when the reality of our experience It becomes overwhelming. Subtitle, Wake Up Jesus. We started the year with the messages that were Drawing our minds away from the outer disturbances to a different point of view. We talked about shifting our focus. And then we followed that with expanding. or Expand your focus. We did state, however... That things would not necessarily change outwardly, but that our initial focus was on the inside of us, the inner peace. Now I will confess, with all the shifting and expanding of our focus, The outer has become more overwhelming. I would say, starting from the very beginning of the year of peace, I saw more pieces than I would have liked to see. Because understand this, uh, that when you make a declaration such as that, you will be challenged. Understand that any time that you declare, you would take a certain path. There will be some disruption in that path. I recognize and realize that I State, the year of peace, and I knew that it had to be a peace from within, but I still was kind of hoping that there would be a little outward, you know, joining in to show me a little piece of peace on the outside. While I'm trying to reckon with the inside, it's whenever we determine, shift, or expand our focus that the struggle really begins. I don't want anyone to become disheartened or discouraged. Because while seeking for your inner peace, your outer world seems to be becoming more violent, the outer situation and circumstance appears to be growing. I knew when we said the year of peace, I did not speak, I did not expect to see a cessation of all the disruption that has been going on, it still is as bad as it ever was. There's still things happening that none of us want and like to see. And I realize that that is still a part of how God wants to groom us. He is making us strong inwardly. So no matter what outwardly occurs, we have an inner strength to endure. I would say that there are going to be more things that will happen in the course of this year. Maybe sooner than later. Later. But I still have the confidence and belief that God is at work in us. I remember Jesus speaking to his followers near the point of his coming to his crucifixion and and leaving this world. He he said this. He, He said, one, we will come to you. I'm leaving you, but we will come to you and we will be in you a presence that cannot be ignored, that cannot be set aside, that cannot be put away. I will be in you a presence, a presence that will give you confidence even when the world around you is crumbling apart. I will give you inner peace. Not as the world gives you. I'm going to give you a peace. So I moved into Mark. In chapter 3, I noticed that it was there that Jesus began to do several things in his ministry. And I noticed that for all of the good things that he did, there was always a negative reaction. Early in the chapter, he went into the synagogue. and was there, it was a worshiper. With a withered hand. And he would come and he would worship there in the synagogue. He would come in to worship with a withered hand. And he would go out with a withered hand. No one could address his situation. The scribes, Pharisees were more concerned about regulating and holding on to the law and enforcing the law of Moses and not with the compassionate consideration of the pain of people who come in, perhaps sometimes Sunday after Sunday, pained, but not delivered. In need of healing, but not healed. But Jesus comes into the synagogue and he walks in and they kind of suspected he was going to do something because he walked in on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, the Lord says, you do nothing on the Sabbath. So they watched to see what he would do. And Jesus comes in and he addresses these why these scribes, these keepers of religious law. And he says to them, is it right for one to receive help to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? And they wouldn't answer. So he says to this man with a withered hand, stretch out your hand. And when he stretched it out, instantly he was healed. Something powerful when Jesus shows up, something magnificent whenever he opens his mouth as a matter of fact he'd already messed them up because he did a whole lot of stuff outside already healing folk teaching in ways that they could never teach making the word plain like they could not make it and the jealousy and anger of this rising star among the people caused the religious folk They become upset with the efficiency of his ministry. Oh, Lord. It is not maybe unlike today, people can get jealous. Whenever they see the action of the power and the grace of God manifested, and someone appears to be, Doing better than they are. Sometimes we question and try to find there must be something wrong with them. I know nothing's wrong with me, but maybe it is. And Jesus comes in and the man is healed and immediately. They're ready to kill him. His compassionate attention to the needs of suffering people in the sanctuary, for goodness sakes. If anybody ought to be healed, it ought to be in the sanctuary. If anybody ought to be delivered, it ought to be in the sanctuary. Sanctuary but rather than to care about deliverance of people here are these religious guides were more concerned if they were keeping strict attention to the laws but understand the law of moses was not that which was supposed to imprison there was supposed to be some type of liberation. That's why when Jesus came, he says, I come as the fulfillment of law. You guys are using law as chains, using law to cripple and to keep people bound. But I am the fulfillment of what the law meant to do. The law was meant to liberate and set folk free. Not keep them enslaved. So here Jesus comes before these scribes and Pharisees, these self preservers who sought to protect their position. He comes and he liberates imprisoned people, imprisoned in sin, imprisoned in disease. With no reliable help coming anywhere. That's where Jesus comes in. Jesus comes into the place where healing ought to be. And with healing not coming in the sanctified place. He desanctifies the false sanctification. And brings the pure power of what it really means to be sanctified. For he comes in and with his presence, he heals just by speaking a word. Stretch out your hand. You know how in our day we're so theatric. We would want to make a show of it. Come here, bring him to me. Reach your hand toward me. We'd make it all about us. And then we'd rumble some words. Ah! In the name of Jesus, heal! Heal! (laughs) Bringing the attention away from where it ought to be, where Jesus doesn't have to say anything. Stretch out your hand. When he speaks, everything within the atmosphere pays attention. For after all, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. With God and was God. And nothing was created without him. So the voice of Jesus is the original voice of creation itself. When he speaks, everything in the atmosphere knows how to respond. So when he spoke to the leper, to that man rather with a the, with the hand, he said, Stretch out your hand. Didn't have to ask why, didn't have to ask how. Immediately when you hear the voice of God, something begins to happen. Yes, these folk though were learning it a different way. They learned from what the scribes were teaching them. And the scribes we're only teaching them somehow how to be obedient to their legal leadership. They wanted people to obey them. Whereas the Lord says, "If you do anything, believe me. Trust me." These Pharisees, they tolerated the deformity. In the pews of the sanctuary. They saw it. But they didn't do nothing about it. One because they didn't have the power. They had. The script. The law. And the word. And they could read the word. But the word. Without the demonstration. And the relationship of the power and the author of the word. It was only words. That's why when you read your Bible, you can't just read it just to capture the word. You want to capture the author behind the word. You want to engage in a relationship with the author of the word. I just didn't read about him. But when I read him, uh, it was like I was eating something. As I read it, something happened on the inside when I read it. My bones ingested in it when I read it. It went through my system when I read it. Something happened all over me. Some of you just reading words without allowing it to be ingested into your spirit. Tell your neighbor, you got to read it until you taste it. And once you taste it, swallow it. And when you swallow it, let it flow through your system so that the essence of the word feel you they could only talk about word but those who would really hear it and ingest it the word became a part of who they were these scribes they were not touched by the infirmities or pain of people they preached and taught law without regard for the spiritual lawlessness perpetrated by a religious system disconnected from the author of life. Some folk can preach their head off but have no relationship with the subject of their preaching. are some who can say it good can say it loud, but they have not connected with the God of the universe. I, I pray that we get connected in such a way. You don't have to be a preacher for this connection. Oh, no, let me say that to somebody. Some people think just because they get connected, they gotta preach. I said, it's not about preaching. The most important thing is about reaching. For if God moves in you, he moves in us so that we can move upon somebody else. I could be riding the bus, sitting down, mind my own business. But when the power of the word of God is in me and somebody passes by me, who needs a touch. I don't have to get up and demonstrate. And speak in tongues. All I need to do. Bless him Lord. A very simple thing. But the power. Penetrates. It goes through it all. Here he is. A religious system. Disconnected from the author of life. And victims sit praying for deliverance but only found the arrogance of a religious system the arrogance of a supposed to be servant of god great crowds follow jesus 12 apostles were chosen so early on before we get down to chapter 4 scribes accuse jesus they even, they, they accuse him of being possessed. He can only do what he does because he got a devil in him. Does Satan cast out Satan? That makes no sense. It takes a greater than Satan to cast out Satan. And greater is he, and let me tell y'all this right now, that is in you than he that is in the world. You got something in you that is powerful. Just tell your name a neighbor, there's power in you. But a lot of our power is asleep. I'll move on just a little bit here. Please uh, note what takes a place next. He early in chapter 4 begins his teaching. He's out there, uh, latter part, he's on the boat. In the boat, he is teaching, and boats come around and others are on the shore, and he is teaching them. And he teaches them in parables. Uh, he makes it somewhat plain for them but not so plain that they fully comprehend the spiritual indication of what he's saying. He talks about the parable of the soil, throwing out his seed, and the seed growing. He talks about the purpose of the parables. And he talks about the lamp that's placed under a basket. You don't do that. He talked about the parable of the seed growing, how it grows talked about the parable of the mustard seed and how this little seed somehow grows into this massive tree then in this chapter 4 in our text Jesus calms a storm from which our text again comes today the Bible says this in Mark 4:33-34 ESV version With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it He did not speak to them without a parable But then get this But privately to his own disciples he explained Everything. Now I had to stop because this kind of connects me to what's going on here in this boat. He explains everything to them, but they still don't understand what he explained. You get some folk like that? You told them, you explained, and lo and behold, They still don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) They heard it, but they didn't get it. Uh, They saw it, but they didn't quite comprehend it. And so here, these disciples with private personal tutelage of what he meant in parable, he explains to them, but only to discover that on that day, later on that evening, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they put him, no, he was already on the boat, so he. they took him as he was, and they got on the boat, just as he was, and other boats with him. And this is just how it works. It's almost just the time the Lord gives you an instruction. A great windstorm arises. Has anybody ever had God speak to them something in giving you a direction? And the moment you start out, It seems like every storm that could possibly break breaks. I don't know if any of y'all ever had that. I mean, I said yes to the Lord. And no sooner if I got out the door to church No sooner than I said yes, here it is. A mess is getting a hold of me. Satan knows how to mess with you. And he knows when God has given you instruction. And here it is. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Uh, Let me me just uh, give you a little background here. He was going to the other side because on the other side was a demoniac who was in the caves and in the tombs who no one could control. He broke chains, he broke shackles, he broke everything. And he was crying out day and night. No one could deliver him. So Jesus... Says we got to go to the other side. Now if you think where he was was bad. What do you think about this uncontrolled. I, I, I could say one demon. But he said we are legion. Which is over 2,000. On the other side. For he even got there. The demon. Began to call out, fall down at Jesus' feet. So, so Jesus knew where they're going to. The other folks didn't know. They didn't, if they knew what was going to happen over there, they would have understood why this storm came up in the first place. God knows what assignment he has on your life. And the moment you say yes to that assignment, everything possible that can happen will begin to happen in your life. I tell your neighbor, don't back up. Because of the storm. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Yeah. I may be talking to somebody up here who's looking at this right now too. You're not going anywhere because the moment you start, stuff begins to fall apart and then you start doubting. Well, Lord, did, did I hear you? I, I, I would expect that if I said yes, and I'm going where you told me to go, that I would not encounter any problem. But I'm here to let you know, don't worry about the outside distractions. If you are confident that God is in you, that is God is working through you, keep going. But yeah. hear this. Let us go across the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him on board. While he was already on board, they just sailed. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling up. We look at the contrast. But Jesus... Was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow. Oh Lord, isn't that a terrible look there? They're just—they're going crazy. And here's Jesus laying <laughs> on the pillow. And I know it had to be bucking. I met my wife and I, we went down, and we were going somewhere in, um, in Nevis. And we had to take a little boat from St. Mark. No, not St. Martin. St. Kitts. And to go over to Nevis. And that was just after one of those storms. And that that water... It was tossing that boat up and down. And we were in there. It was just a little bit of what oh, was supposed to go just, just to the other side. Knees was not that far. But it took us a long time to get that little way because of the buckling of the, of the waves. And people were sitting on the boat getting sick. <laughs> 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 they were messed up. And lo and behold, we were sitting next to, there was a sailor who ought to be used to this stuff, but he ain't used to it on no little boat. (laughs) And he was getting upset. So I understand when the, I don't know how you're gonna sleep if he said the water's coming over and it's tossing them all about. But yet Jesus sleeps on a pillow and they're up there. Water coming off. Where's Jesus? And they find him in the back, sleep on a pillow. And that's what you call real peace. No matter what the storm around him, he's still asleep. I'm praying that God gives us that kind of peace. Now how hard life may be bucking us around. Still nothing is disturbing our peace. So they do the next best thing. Where's Jesus? He's back there on a pillow, sleeping. Now, you know me, I would have sense. Well, you know, maybe I would have sense. (laughs) I would see that he's sleeping, but then your terror takes over and your fear. And they tell him, wake up, Jesus. Don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus gets up. (sighs) Speaks to the wind. Peace. And the wind stops blowing. You understand this. In water environments, it takes a little time. For the waves to settle because you still could be bucking even when the wind has stopped blowing because the water has been disturbed. So he tells, Wind, stop blowing, and then he tells the waves, Be Whatever the natural motion might have been in the water. He says, when you stop blowing and waves, calm yourself. And they calmed themselves. And when they saw that happen, they got really disturbed. Who is this guy? How is it that even... The wind and the waves obey him. And they feared him because they could not understand where all that power has to come from. But then I told you earlier, Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who came down in the form of sinful flesh, made just like we were, but still he had divine DNA. I understand now, he didn't have the DNA of Joseph, Mary. He shared some with her. But he had divine DNA that caused an egg in Mary's womb to be fertilized. So when he comes out, he is son of God, son of man, as my dad and my professor used to say, at the same time, and to the same degree. In essence, he had a little bit Of the heaven and a little bit of the earth. But he still had the voice of his daddy. So whenever he speaks, it's just like from the very beginning. When God said, let there be light. And light appeared. Just the same voice that spoke then could speak now and say, peace, be still. I want somebody to know in here today that the same God who spoke then is in you now. And I don't care what's trying to mess with your life. You need to allow the voice of him who is able to speak to it and say, Peace. Well, Lord, how is this supposed to happen? You have to allow Him into your life. Jesus asked, Where's your faith? Have you not been listening to me? Have you not filled or been engrafted with the word that I put in you? And I'm gonna say that to us in here today. I believe that we may be one word away from a deliverance. One word away. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'm about about wrapped up now. I'm about finished right now, but it's just that one word, one word, one word. I gotta trust God for this one word. I, I came out here today, you know. I, I was feeling it. I was going through all this. this "Oh Lord, help us." Yeah, my prayer is, God help somebody. Cause I know we need some help in this house. There's some hurting in this house. There's some pain in this house. And Lord, need we need some. We need some help. We need some help. But He, said, he comes and he, he shows me this. He says, "The power to get through it is even." In your boat. Oh Lord. All of us. We are God's boat. What? uh, How do you say that Bishop? I think he said something like this. Don't you know. That God. Is in you. Don't you know. That his presence. Lives. Within you. Don't you know. That his power is operating in you? Don't you realize that he has everything you need and everything you need is already inside of you? For he said, we will come to you. We will be in you. We will be with you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. As a matter of fact, I'm telling you this morning, he's already here. He's already there. And somebody needs to stand on their feet and shout, Wake up, Jesus! There's something special about that. They didn't have to go far to find him, he was already in the boat. I'm telling somebody here right now, he's already there. He's already with you. And all you got to do is exercise your faith and say to yourself, Wake up, Jesus. Because he's not outside of you, he's right. In you. Look to your neighbor, say, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise.